Hello, I'm Renee Kramer welcoming you to the FWC podcast where we are bringing faith to life. To learn more about service times and discipleship classes, please visit our website at fwcbtown.org or visit us on Facebook at fwcbtown. Now grab your Bibles and get ready for today's sermon. Have your Bibles, you can open them to the book of Luke chapter 2. The book of Luke chapter 2. We're just going to read seven verses this morning. And then I'll begin to share the word that I feel like the Lord gave me for you today. Um, it's a very familiar passage. Uh, like I said, we read a lot of these uh, at Christmas time. Um, but this is a truly uh, special time of year to read these ver- verses and reflect um, on the message of Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. You know, there's a, a lot of information in those seven verses. Um, I love to study the book of Luke, because as I said before, Luke was a lawyer and a historian, and, and he was very accurate in everything he says. So everything that is here is very important for you to begin to study Um, And I won't go into all of that today because I don't have time. But it's important to know um, about the decree from Caesar Augustus. Um, It's important to know about the census that was established. That he was asking for a census. You know, just just a quick note on that. Before Caesar Augustus came, there was no other Caesar, no other ruler that could have decreed a census. Because no one would have listened. Because Caesar Augustus had finally conquered the entire known world. All of the Roman Empire. See what's interesting. We had this all this time before uh, Malachi to Matthew that we call the silent years. But if you have ever been in school and studied World Civ, this is the period that they talk about. So there was this interesting part that only Caesar Augustus could have made this census. So which made him the most powerful man in the world. He could say, everyone go, and they went. That's important in the story of Jesus. Because here we see a man who's now risen to the most important position, has the most power of any man on earth at this time. And here comes Jesus. Never before had there been someone who conquered All of the known world, like Caesar, Augustus. So this is important to understand. Then, 
as he goes down and Luke begins to tell us, he says, Joseph went from Galilee to the city of Nazareth in Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. All of these things are very important. All of these things are a fulfillment of prophecy. Guess what? Joseph would have never went where he was supposed to go to register for his census to fulfill a prophecy if Caesar Augustus hadn't issued the decree. See, sometimes we look at this world and we think, why are all these things happening? But, you know, God has to, has to use people to position us where we need to be. We may not like it sometimes, we may not understand it, but this was even happening in the story of Jesus. Then we see that Mary went with him. They were only betrothed at the time. She really didn't have to go. But he took her with him because she was with child. You know, she may have been excited to go because maybe he was just taking her out of that situation, everybody talking about her in her hometown. Well, she's starting to show over there. And all the stuff. But he takes her out. But the interesting thing that I want to focus on today is the very last few words that says there was no room for them in the end. My message for you today is are you making room for Jesus? Are you making room for Jesus? You will never have room. You have to make room. You'll never have room for Jesus in your life. you got to make room. Today, you've showed up here on Christmas Day at, uh, I don't know, 19 degrees and ice on the roads to make room for Jesus. Give yourself a hand of praise today. Applaud yourselves. It's wonderful. Now, I'm not knocking anyone that's not here today because I understand road conditions and I understand you know, those that do not like to drive in this, but I applaud you for even being on live stream today, making time, making room for Jesus today. It's so important that we make room for Jesus. You know, sometimes uh, we make room sometimes for Jesus when you go out to eat and you're in a restaurant. Do you stop after you get your food and do you grab hands with your family and do you pray? Do you make room for Jesus there in that moment? Or do you say, oh, you know, I'm not doing it here. I know those people sitting over there. You know, we have to make room for Jesus. You'll never just have room. You know, we have, we've had um, a lot of new mothers, you know, in here recently that have given birth and brought home new babies that have celebrated their one year back here and um, all of these different things. But guess what? When, when you were preparing to give birth to that baby, did you not make room? For them. Before you had that child, did you have room in your home? Well, you had the room, but was it set up for that baby? No, it wasn't. You had a workout room, or you had an extra room, or you had a, a man cave. I don't know what you had. You had something. But all of a sudden, when you found out that a baby was coming, you had to make room. Right? Right, mamas? Mamas are like, oh, I want that room painted. I want new furniture. I want this. I want that. And, and you began to make room because you want that baby to come home and have their space. But yet, when we accept Jesus into our life and we decide to live for him, do we make room for him in our life? 
Do we make room for him in our hearts? Or do we say, oh, okay, we got this, we, Jesus, yep, but where have we made room for him? See, in the morning when I get up, I have a routine, you know. I like to get up and I like to, you know, I like to take a shower in the morning. It's the first thing. I like to get a cup of coffee. And, you know, I like to do certain things before I head to work. And, and all of these things I make room for in my schedule. But do we make room in our schedule for Jesus? You'll get up every day and you'll go about all the things that you have to do. But, and you'll do those things, but do you make room for Jesus? Because if you just say, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get to reading that. I'll get to listening to that uh, uh, scripture. Uh, I'll, I'll hear that sermon I missed, you know. But if you don't make room, make time, you'll never do it. See, most of us, we want a convenient Jesus. We just want Jesus when it's convenient for us. What does that mean? It means when you got a problem, when things aren't going right for you, when you're in pain, when you are worried about a loved one that's strung out on drugs, all of a sudden you need Jesus. All of a sudden you, you, you want Him to intervene. But we've not made room for Him. And then when we don't make room for Him, then we want Him to just show up when we need Him. It's not, it's not a thing that you can just um, rub one of those things and a genie pops out and grants your wishes. But that's what we want. We want the, a Jesus that just does what we need Him to do when we need Him to do it, but yet we haven't made room for Him. You have to make room for Him. Because making room for Jesus will inconvenience you. Oh, it's inconvenience. I mean, today is Christmas I mean, how many's got a family function today to go to? Huh? I mean, most of us all have something that we have to go to today. But, you know, making room for Jesus is saying, you know what, this may inconvenience me a little bit or inconvenience my family, but I don't care because I'm making room for Jesus today. You know, it, it, we, we see all of these things that happen in life and we, we're inconvenienced sometimes when we have to make room for Jesus. It doesn't fit in our schedule all the time. Yeah, I know. That pastor didn't call you and ask you about what your vacation plans were or what, what your mo schedule was on your lawn when he set his revival dates. I get it. It may inconvenience you. But will you make room for Jesus? Yeah, New Year's Eve. Yep, we're going to have a service. It's at 8 o'clock at night. Boy, that's late. You know, unless you were going to go do something else you wanted to do. You know, and then, and then it's like, oh, but I got all these other things I'm going to do. But would you make room for Jesus and come? Yeah, in January, we're getting ready to start a 21-day fast. If you're new here, I'll be explaining a little bit more about that. But we do a 21-day fast in January, and guess what? Oh, it's inconvenient. Who wants to fast in the cold? You know, I've always said, let's do this thing in July. But, but you know... It's inconvenient at times. Yeah, we've had different things fall at different times of the year, and it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. Serving Jesus is not always convenient, but it's always worth it. When you learn to make room for Him, He fills that room. So how much of Jesus do you want? You want a little bit of Jesus in your life? You make a little bit of room. That's all you're going to get. But see, we want a lot of, I want Jesus to feel. How many want Jesus to feel your life, to feel your heart, to feel your mind? 
Well, you got to make room. You got to make room. We had the, everything was shut down. What's today? Today's Sunday. So Friday, right? Everything was shut down. You couldn't do anything. You had all day long to do something. And many of you found that remote control first thing in the morning. And you found the Netflix button. And you never found anything the rest of the day. Because we make room for things we want. But where in that day, in that cold day when we were sitting at home doing nothing, did you make room for Jesus? See, you make room for what you want. You make room for what you want. But it requires sacrifice. Making room for Jesus requires you to face difficult situations. Did, did Joseph and Mary have to face a difficult situation to make room for Jesus? I mean, they had to leave their hometown with his betrothed, pregnant wife and travel 70 miles, 70 miles on foot, donkey, or camel. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think any pregnant woman wants to travel on any ways, any of those ways. You know? I don't think they'd care if it's a donkey or a camel or foot. They don't want to do it. You know? But they had to travel that 70 miles because a census was required. But it required them to face some difficult situations, to go into this difficult situation. But they did it. We have, to be, we have to face difficult situations to make room for Jesus. Sometimes those difficult situations mean getting rid of some friends we've had in our life. We don't like to do that, do we? No, he agrees with me. We don't like to do that because, oh, it's uncomfortable. Let me tell you something. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to tell your family that, hey, you know what? We can't, we can't come over anymore because of the things that you do, the bad influence you are in front of our children. Hello. I'm, t- I'm telling you, if you want to make room for Jesus, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. You have to face some difficult things. You have to get some people that are bad influences out of your life. Oh, well, I want to be a good influence. Yeah, be a good influence by not hanging around them. You tell them about Jesus, you invite them to church, you invite them into situations that you can control, but you don't have to go into their situation. You don't have to. you got to make room for Jesus in your situation. But it requires us to do some difficult things. See, the inke- then we get to this thing where it says the innkeeper. The innkeeper wasn't willing to put someone else out to make room for Jesus. When, when they came, when they said, hey... Hey, we, 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 we need to stay here. They said, there's no room for you. We do that often. We tell Jesus, there's no room for you here. Because I'm not willing to put someone else out to make room for you in my life. See, the innkeeper is a symbol of a culture that opposes Jesus. It's a symbol of a culture that opposes Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now that the culture, the society that we live in, they oppose Jesus. They oppose Jesus. Why has Hobby Lobby been attacked? Why has Chick-fil-A been attacked in the past? Why? Because they stand for Christian values. So they've been attacked because the culture opposes Jesus. They say, there is no room for you here. 
School systems, there's no room for you here, Jesus. Government, there is no room for you here, Jesus. But we have to oppose that culture. We can't be like that. We have to make room for Jesus. You know, it, it's, it's amazing how, how this world is because if, if I had a, a big party, a birthday party, and I invited all of you all to come... No one would have a problem saying, well, I can't come because I have to work. Everyone understands that. Oh, okay, you got to work. It's okay. No problem. You know, hey, I got this big thing. I want you to come. Oh, I can't. I don't have any vacation time. I can't get off. I got to work. Oh, yeah, okay. I understand that. But when someone says, I got this thing coming on. I got this birthday party I want you to come to. Oh, I can't. I got church. Church. Surely you can miss one time. That sounds like Satan walking up to Eve going, would it really hurt you to take one bite? Mm. Mm. Because the culture opposes Jesus. You have to be the one that will stand and say, you know what? Yes, one time is too much. No, I'm not going to miss it just one time. You know, when, when, when you make plans for everything else and... and considerations for everything else to do what you want to do, but not for Jesus. You're not making room for Jesus. John 1.11 says, He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. He came to His own. He came to you, the church, and they did not receive Him because they had no room. They made no room for Jesus. You know, in our services, we've always told you, we will make room for Jesus. We'll let the service go any way that Jesus wants to take it. Any way the Holy Spirit wants to take it because we want to make room for Him. Don't be like the innkeeper. You have to be willing to make room for Jesus. If you make room for Jesus, He'll make room for you. Matthew 10.32 says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. When you make room for Jesus, he'll make room for you. I, I, you know, it's so hard as a pastor and a pastor's kid before that to see so many people that come and want Jesus to, to intervene in a situation but are not willing to make room for him and not willing to give it a chance and just say, hey, you know, I need this happen in my life and I'm going to go on and they never serve him. It, it's so difficult. That's our, the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing as a pastor, is to see people that come up and desperately need a touch from Jesus but will not sacrifice anything in their life to serve Him. It's the hardest thing. Because, of course, we want only the best for you, but only the best comes from making room for Jesus, serving Him. Confess Him before men. That takes sacrifice. Confess Him before men. That may not be convenient. Confess Him in situations that may be a little uncomfortable. And he will confess you before his father. Hallelujah. The word in, found in Luke 2.7 here, is not the same word for in that we are used to. The word in Luke 10.34 that is in, talking about the story of the Good Samaritan, is the in that we're thinking of. That's the in that is like a hostel, a hotel, a place for, for travelers. In Luke 10, 37, it uses the word in, and that's what it's talking about. But here in Luke 2, 7, it uses the word in, and we have this image 
that it's of a, a little hotel, a hostel, a place for travelers, but it's not. This is the same word that Jesus used in Luke twenty-two eleven, When he is speaking to his disciples, getting ready to have his last supper with his disciples, he says to them in Luke twenty-two eleven, Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room? Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Where is the inn that I may eat with my disciples? See, a guest room, how many have a guest room in your house? Not many of us, some of us have kids. But <laughs> when they move out, how many are going to have a guest room when the kids move out? You know? Where, how many already started planning that guest room? All right, when you move out, I'm giving your room away. You know, no. Uh, some people have a guest room for guests to stay. When Jesus, when Joseph was turned away, he was turned away by his own family. He was turned away by people that didn't want to be inconvenienced. I wonder if, those, if his family was worried about when he come home with a pregnant woman and he wasn't married. Oh my goodness. Joseph, you ain't staying in my house. You don't got that girl pregnant. You better go stay somewhere else. Uh. How many times has someone come and they're in a desperate situation and the church turned them away because maybe they did something out of wedlock? Hmm. Maybe they did something they weren't supposed to do. I wonder if that's what happened here. Joseph comes to his own family, to his own hometown, and they say, we don't have room for you here. We don't have room for you here. It was the guest room. Where is your guest room for Jesus in your life? Is he comfortable? Have you made it a place that he wants to come and stay? But we have to get rid of things that occupy our heart, our time, our motives, and make room for Jesus. We have to make room for him. It's so important. As we get ready, we're wrapping up 2022. We're getting ready to go into 2023. And I just believe it's going to be such a powerful year. But I'm going to tell you, you will live a blessed year if you make room for Jesus. Look, I know that many of you are going through things. I know that there are tough things in your life. But if you make room for Jesus, you won't have to depend on man. You won't have to depend on anyone else to meet your needs because Jesus will meet them. But you have to make room for Him now. You make room for Him right now. That's why I love this message for today. Because it is a day that we've come and we saw where some turned Jesus away on the day that He was born and said, There's, we don't have room for you. You need to go over here. When it says they laid Him in a manger, it was a food trough. He was laid down in a trough where cows and pigs ate out of. It wasn't a cute little manger thing that we build and put up. For our Christmas plays. He was laid in a dirty, nasty place where pigs eat. He, or cows, it was a trough. He came and ate and was born in this trough. He came as low as he could be. To be the savior of all the world. So it doesn't matter how low you've been. It doesn't matter how far down you've been. He knows. He knows. And if you'll make room for Him, He'll fill it. He'll fill it. He'll fill it. Make room for Jesus this holiday season.
Amen. I want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father God, that you are so gracious, Father God, to fill each and every spot in our lives that we open up to you. Father God, I I thank you, Lord, that you stand, Lord, at the door and knock, waiting for us to open our hearts to you, Father God, so that you can come in and fill it. And today, Father, I ask that those that you're standing at the door and knocking, that they'll open it, Father God, that that they will make room for you today. They'll make room for you in their lives today, Father God, so that you can come in and take away the pain. Come in and feel the loneliness. Come in and meet their every need today, Father God. Because as we make room for you, you will make room for us. When we make room for you, you will fill it, God. And I thank you that today, Lord Jesus, you're, you're revealing to us, Father God, areas and things in our life that occupy space that is not needed, that is space that you would fill. And today, we lay those things aside. We lay those things aside so that you can come in and fill it, God. And I ask that today you come in and you fill each and every heart. That you come in and you fill each and every mind, Lord Jesus, with the things that are pleasing to you. In Jesus' holy name. We hope you enjoyed today's sermon. If you would like to sow a seed into our ministry, text the word GIVE to 833-613-0523. For more sermons and content like this, please subscribe and like this podcast. And visit our website at fwcbtown.org or visit us on Facebook at fwcbtown. And remember, we are carrying the message of Jesus to reach those that are lost.